So Father, we thank you for knowing our names. We thank you for being with us even now and helping us even in the midst of our infirmity and our troubles and our trials. Speak fresh to us in this place and grant that we hear you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. From the book of 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, Second Corinthians chapter 1, beginning at verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulations, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble. For the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God, for as sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. Now if we are afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation which is effective for enduring the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or if we are comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope for you is steadfast because we know that as you are partakers of suffering, so also will be partakers or partake of the consolation. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I want to talk again from the theme, Break Every Chain. <clears throat> I don't have a lot of time. So I just want to talk, break every chain. The apostle speaks some, some real difficult truths. He talks about being afflicted, talks about going through some stuff, having a hard time. You don't need to be comforted if you're not going through something. You don't need for anybody to say, it's going to be all right if everything is all right. You don't need anybody to hold your hand if life hasn't put you in a position where all your hands now feel like just giving up. You don't need anybody to tell you, hey, I love you, I'm praying for you, if you feel like all your prayers have already been answered. It's when you've been going through things that make you wonder where God is that you need to be comforted. And the apostle here says to them that our comfort comes from God. And it comes through Jesus. But it's not just for us. The more we are comforted, the more God comforts you. Because the more we are able to receive from God blessed consolation, the more you're able to know that God will give you the same blessed consolation. 
He says, you need to understand that trouble happens. Trouble happens. Trials happen. Tribulations happen. You are going to be tested. That happens. And you have got to know that in the midst of it all, that just because you are experiencing life at its worst, doesn't mean that you have been left alone to handle the experience. He says, I, I need you to realize that, that one of the tricks the enemy plays and, and one of his greatest uh, weapons is to chain you down with the thought of isolation, to make you believe you're by yourself, to make you believe that nobody cares, to make you believe that even God doesn't care about me. And what he does is he tricks other people to abandon you, to help to perpetrate the lie so that your eyes are covered with the mist of tears so that you do not see the handiwork of God in the midst of sorrowful situations. So that when you're sick, sad, and sullen, you can't see the Savior. And it is all a ploy to allow the tear duck of your eye to cover the lens of your eye from seeing the God who was right before your eyes. Here he tells us that you need to recognize that, that you're going to deal with some things. He, if you, when you read 1st, 2nd Corinthians, you read any of the epistles, the apostle has this generalized message for all of us. You're going to go through stuff. Let's take that as a given. You're going to go through stuff. And he says, I want to offer you something. And in the next few moments, I'm going to give you five lessons from the suffering saint. Five lessons from the suffering saint. This series has been Break Every Chain. And part of the chain I'm breaking today is the one on your mind to make you believe that you're by yourself and that God doesn't love you. Yeah, five lessons from the suffering saint. I, I want to offer them to you to help you today. Lesson number one. Lesson number one. There will always be antagonistic opposition. I'll put it to you another way. You'll always have haters. <laughs> You'll always have haters. I don't care what you do in this world. There are some people who in their DNA have been born to hate. They thrive on hate. They thrive on criticizing everybody, belittling everybody. They thrive on being unusually unfair and critical about everything in life. You have to know that there are people in this world that drink haterade for breakfast. You need to realize that. 
and the apostle recognized that he he could see it he could see it by those that were opposing him and some of them that were opposing him and never even seen him in person and they were talking about the way he looked they were talking about the way he dressed they were talking about his appearance they were talking all about him about his letters versus his speeches they were talking about him who could preach better and who preached a little less everybody he had critics and the critics of his life were so difficult that at one point they got him in a position where he thought that he was going to die and he was so overwhelmed. You've got to realize that haters are going to hate and a part of their assignment from hell, and that's what I said, that part of their assignment from hell is to depress you, to make you despondent, to put you in despair and what you got to learn how to do is shake your uh, shoulders and brush them off like Jay-Z and say I'm not going to let my haters take me down. There's always haters. I don't care what profession you're in. You could be LeBron James and they're going to be haters. You could be Kevin Durant and they're gonna be haters. You could be Steph Curry and shoot jump shots from half court and there's still gonna be somebody saying, but he can't jump high enough to dunk. There's always gonna be a hater. I don't, I don't care what you do. You could play the best bass or the best lead guitar and someone said, but he can't play the trombone. There's always going to be haters. Yeah, I don't care. You could be the finest woman in the world and all of you are gorgeous. And there will always be somebody who will find that one body part that you don't like and they'll talk about it all day. Not even give you any credit for all the good looking everything else. There are always going to be haters. There are always going to be haters. He, he, he had to deal, and we have to deal with antagonistic opposition. I, I don't have a lot of time. I've got five of these, so let me get number two in. You got to understand that there'll be times in your life when you will be adversely overwhelmed. Adversely overwhelmed. Don't get upset by it. Some of you have felt overwhelmed and thought you were going to lose your mind. Some of you have tried to handle certain issues on your own and thought you were going to lose your mind. Realize that overwhelmed feeling is a part of your natural life. That when you have dealt with more than you can handle, your body starts trying to fight back to get back in balance. And don't worry, God is still there. God is with you. Reverend, what do you mean the apostle felt overwhelmed? That's what he said. See, just because he's an apostle don't mean that apostles don't have people problems. Here's what he says. I'm going to use it from the, the, the Living Bible. The Living Bible says this in verse 8. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 8 in the Living Bible. He says, I think you ought to know, dear brothers, about the hard time we went through in Asia. 
He just fessing up. He says, we were really crushed and overwhelmed and feared we would never live through it. That's what he said. We were really crushed and overwhelmed and we feared that we weren't going to make it. Don't let anybody fool you. You can be as saved as you want to be. You can speak in all the tongues there are. You can have all the holy oil and I can put it on your head and let it run down to your pink toenails. But it will not change the fact that there are times when life will make you feel overwhelmed. Adversely overwhelmed. I don't know what happened to, to baby girl Simone over there at the Olympics. Whether, some, whether medication was changed, whether the lights or the stress. But I do know this much. There's not a person over there that's a better athlete. I do know this much that if she could have participated, there's nothing in life that she wanted more than to win. And I don't care who you are, baby girl, we praying for you. Because life can overwhelm you. It can overwhelm you. All of you should get this lesson. The world's greatest swimmer, Michael Phelps. And this young boy just doing a great job over there right now, just won five gold medals, but Michael Phelps is still one of the greatest. He'll tell you, you can get overwhelmed. Don't fool yourself, life can become overwhelming for any number of reasons. And Paul says, I was comforted by you. I was comforted by your prayer. I was comforted by Jesus. God, God had to comfort me. I needed God's comfort on the inside. I needed God to comfort me. And God comforted me so that I could comfort you. Number three, number three. See, if you're gonna, if you're gonna live and break these chains, you're gonna have to have an adjusted outlook. An adjusted outlook. An adjusted outlook. Reverend, what do you mean? I, I know, I know, I know. Please, saints, give me just a few extra minutes today. I'm gonna run over for a few minutes, but I wanna get all five of these in. An adjusted outlook, what do you mean, Reverend? Well, some of us allow the enemy to exaggerate in our minds everything we go through. And we talk to people that way. So I can be mad at you in one area, but I make that area become everything. The, the, simplest, the simplest illustration you will remember is the one where we tell people, don't throw the baby out with the bath water. The water is dirty. The baby can be cleaned. 
listen, listen. I want to give you this. Don't see the world through the common lens of all or nothing thinking. Whew, this is important. Don't, don't, it's not all or nothing. Uh, if you say that one more time, I'm gone. You look at me like this. Everything is all or nothing. It's either it's got to be perfect or nothing's any good. You can't take the fact that, that you've got 99 good things and one bad thing because it's all or nothing. And when you talk, you say you speak in absolutes. You never speak to me. Really? We just talked for the last hour. But it wasn't about what I want to talk about. But you can't say you never because somebody won't understand you. It's that all or nothing thing. Either it's perfect or it's no good. That's the song, God Restores. Because God wants to fix it. Listen, I don't have time to break this down, but let me say this to you. Some things you are going to go through but God is with you in the midst of it all. Hey, glory. You're going to go through some stuff. You're going to go through some stuff. You're going to deal with some things. You're going to deal with some things. But God is with you in the midst of it all. Oh. God is with you. Listen. Paul puts this to us in a couple of different ways in other places, and I'm going to do this real quick. He wants you to understand that natural afflictions are part of life's journey. Natural afflictions. You know, you don't have to do anything wrong to get COVID-19. Just be living. Be a living, viable organism to get attached to. That's all. You don't have to commit any sin. At, at, least, at least some of the harsh diseases that could kill you years ago, you had to at least do something. So all you do is avoid doing the something and you... <laughs> Natural afflictions are part of life's journey. You're going to get sick. Let me tell you something. Some of you getting old now, like me, I'm getting old. I, I, every time my, my eldest daughter says something harsh to me, I say, I, I threaten to call elderly abuse line. <laughs> She's as sweet as she want to be. <sighs> hey, Jason. You, you realize something. Some of y'all are complaining about knees, hips, and toes. You can't get up as fast as you used to. And some of y'all, you know, you, you don't have diabetes. You got the sugar. <laughs> well, your hair, 
it don't cooperate anymore. And some of what you had already went on vacation. Here's, here's the rub, here's the rub, here's the rub. Here's your choice. Either you could deal with getting old So what? You gotta rub your knee for you stand. Natural afflictions. I gotta hurry. God, I'm out of time. You have to realize this. This is the B underneath this 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 sermon here. The negativism affects the soul. Negativism affects the soul. And, 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 and the reason I put this in here is be careful of negative people. Be careful of negative things. Be careful of who you let get in your spirit. Negativism affects your very soul. You can't have folks just telling you you're no good, you, you know, you're not pretty enough, tall enough, fast enough, skinny enough. No, no. you got to make sure you allow God to pour positivity into your spirit because that negative stuff will mess your mind up. You got to get it in your spirit. Negativism affects your soul. So you guard, guard your gates. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I see you didn't get that. I said guard your gates. Now, now somebody let me help you. Where are my gates? My eyes, that which I see. My mouth, that which I say. My ears, that which I hear. I'm guarding my gates because I can't let everything get inside of me because it'll mess me up. And here's the C underneath here. And I got two more. I'm just going to say them. I'm not going to elaborate on them. But, but let me give you the, the C. And then I'm going to get number four and number five. And I'm done. Number, but the C underneath here is this. Natural experiences and negative afflictions can be neutralized by the recognition that he'll put no more on you than you can bear. I just said it right there. Right, right there, you ought to just give God your best praise right there. He'll put no more on me. He says, verse 9 in the Living Bible, he puts it this way, we felt we were doomed to die and saw how powerless we were to help ourselves. But that was good. For then we put everything into the hands of God, who alone could save us, for he could even raise the dead. And he did help us and save us. Let me help you here. N number four, number four, number four. You have to develop an attitude of optimism. If I had time today, you see, you get to the place where you start taking what everybody else sees wrong and you can see the good in all of it. Let me, let me do this. 
Instead of you saying the glass is half empty, what you gonna say? It's half full. When you leave here today, say everything positive and leave the negative alone. If you heard about something, you know what? Because it's in you that you must develop the attitude of optimism. Paul begins to say, watch it, it's crazy. I read it to you. He says, look, what we went through was for our comfort, but not for us only, but for you. Wait a minute, Paul. You mean you went through something that's going to bless somebody else? Yep. And when they go through it, they're going to bless somebody else. Paul, you cannot be this optimistic. Yes, I can. Watch me. Romans 8, 28. All things work together for the good of those that love the Lord. Paul, you cannot be this optimistic. Yes, I can. Watch me. For me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Paul, you can't be this optimistic. Yes, I can. I can do all things through Christ. That strengthens me. Yes, I can. You're not going to make me talk defeated when I'm blessed. Finally, finally, Paul says, I see all of this as an anchor and an opportunity. And I'm leaving you this. This is it. I'm way past my time. I got red numbers up there. I got to get out of here. I'm way past my time. That means I'm over time. Y'all hang with me a moment more on our line. This, here it is, the, the last piece here. Paul says, I see this as, a, as an anchor and opportunity. What do you mean, Reverend? He says, I want you to know something. He says, prayer played a crucial part in my life. He says, but not only did prayer play a crucial part, he said, but I want you to know something. God not only blessed me, but God blessed me so that I would praise him. And he said, because you have been praying for me, he said, I could tell that you've already begun to praise God for what God has already done. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to give it to you. I'm done. I'm done. I see you ain't got that. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 11 in the Living Bible. It says, but you must help us too by praying for us. For much thanks and praise that will go to God from you who see his wonderful answers to your prayers for our safety. He says, if you pray with us, we'll praise God together. And all I want to tell you is that we have in this an anchor and an opportunity. We are anchored to God through our prayers and our praise. And every time God does a miracle, we need to praise him. Every door God opens, we need to praise him. Every victory God gives us, we need to praise him. And so prayer and praise change things and we are changed by our prayers and by our praise not just for myself but for one another pray for me I'll pray for you you pray for me 
and watch God change things. He will break every chain. Come on, give God a praise. Come on, give God a praise. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I love you all, the love of the Lord, I pray. The word of God spoke to your hearts. Whether you're online or you're in the sanctuary, I want you now, if you don't have a church home, you're looking to live your life for Christ and you want to be a part of the body of Christ, I want to give you that opportunity right now. If you're online, I want you to call me. I want you to email me. The number's up on the screen right now. You get in touch with us right away. Become an I member. Get in touch with us right away. If you're in the sanctuary and you know that you want to become a part of this fellowship today, wherever you are, just lift up your hand. If you're not a part of our fellowship, you say, Reverend, I want to be a part of the body of Christ, of the family of God. That's it. God restores. I love you right now. And I pray God's great peace upon you. I pray you hear the words. Yes, I'm rushing, but only because I love you enough. I want you to receive this word. Wherever you're going through, God will restore. God knows how to take care of you. So, Father, I bless your name for your people who are listening to me now. I thank you for divine healing, divine salvation, forgiveness of sin. But not only the forgiveness that you give us and cleansing us, but I pray that you will help them to forgive themselves so that as they turn their life over to you, they know that they have a fresh slate in you and that in you they can live and have their being in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I love you all.